SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are going to have some fun today on the morning after on SportsGrid. Today is a great day. Why? Because it's a football Friday right here on TMA on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. But it's not just a football Friday. In fact, it's history today on a football Friday on TMA. Because for the first time ever, a football Friday on the morning after is a football Friday on the early after. That's because in just mere moments, Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of The Early Line, each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time, will join us right here on the morning after. Not just join us right here on the morning after, but live in studio. A football Friday on the early after. Okay, Dubs, welcome to the program on this Friday morning. Excited to be here. Where else would you want to be? We got a live studio audience right outside yep. uh, the glass. You're ex- I mean, what do you expect? It's always going to be a sellout when the early after gets after it here on a Friday. I'm jazzed up. There's a lot of big games, a lot of good action. Purdue fraudulent. Nope. Uh, and we're going to talk football exclusively. I won't mention Purdue being fraudulent once during the uh, entire hour produce a fraud your football your family Rutgers basketball that's what we're gonna do here on this football Friday on the morning after a live studio audience Kevin Walsh told me yesterday that when he comes on the morning after that makes it the early after it's like he's always laying a two touchdown spread and let me tell you one thing we are going to cover because good teams win great teams cover we are a great team here on the morning after on sports grid so last night on a Thursday night it mm. began week number 14 in the National Football League in a wild game That should not have been a wild game. The Minnesota Vikings hold on in a one-score game yet again, winning 36-28 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Minnesota Vikings cover as a a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, only their second cover as a favorite this year. And, Kev, the over-under total of 44 and a hook goes over despite the fact that for most of the game it seemed like it would stay under because the Vikings led 29-0 and then Pittsburgh stormed Hmm. back to make this a football game. And I can certainly confirm that it looked like it was going under. On in-play sports tonight, the live total was just under 40. It felt like for the lion's share of that game. And even when it tipped back up, it was still under your pregame total at the break. And of course, you know, the, the opening minutes of this third quarter weren't explosive by any stretch of the imagination. And then all of a sudden, Najee gets into the end zone, and then there's juice, and the Steelers are ready to roll. But is it is it really a credit to the Pittsburgh Steelers, or is it just who the Minnesota Vikings are? I think we retroactively need to eliminate the Seattle Seahawks from football because they found a way to lose to the Vikings in a two-score game. I don't know. That's not allowed. The Vikings don't do that. The exclusive... It's the only time this year that they played a game that wasn't decided by eight points or less. It is incredible. Like, if the Vikings are playing, you're just ready to get involved with teasers and figure out what the other leg is going to be. The Steelers on the teaser should have been dead. 29-0! 29-0! And then all of a sudden, they find a way to not only, you know, just lose by eight. I mean, they had a real chance yep. to win this game, Ben. 
They certainly did, Kev. In fact, a last-second touchdown attempt into the end zone for the rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth on a really good ball from Big Ben Roethlisberger. Harrison Smith, the outstanding safety for the Minnesota Vikings, he gets his right arm in there, breaks up the pass. Maybe Pittsburgh should have had a couple more seconds if Chase Claypool didn't want to celebrate a first down well, in that game. But you know, Kev, that's how it goes. You get a first down, you get excited about it as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the opening hour of this Football Friday on the morning after. The morning after, the early after on this Football Friday. It's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh live with you in studio. Sirius XM, Channel 159, Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast and all of our radio affiliates. Thank you for joining us here on this football Friday. And football got started in week number 14 in the NFL last night in the Twin Cities. The Minnesota Vikings covering as a three and a half point favorite in another one score game beating the Pittsburgh Steelers 36-28. Kevin just mentioned it. Minnesota, 12 of their 13 games this season in the NFL decided by eight points or less. One score games in 12 of the 13 for the Minnesota Vikings, Kev, their odds to make the playoffs did get better after the win last night, plus 270 entering Thursday night football now currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Still plus money, but plus 192. Are the Vikings a playoff team, Kevin? No, 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 no. Kirk Cousins plays quarterback. You know what I mean? I mean, they've made the playoffs a couple of times. The problem is, is he's going to have to win a couple games down the backstretch here. They play the Bears twice. There's no way they sweep the Bears, mm -hmm. despite the fact that they should sweep the Bears. I'll say this, though, and I absolutely adore it because this shouldn't happen, but you're going to potentially have every team that matters in this wild card race, six and seven. So that's where the Eagles sit right now. That's where the Vikings sit right now. Falcons and Panthers play one another, both five and seven. Unless there's a tie, one of them will be six and seven. Gives us three. Washington, a dog at six and six. They might be six and seven. And then the Niners in essentially a coin flip game against the Bengals. I mean, you really are looking at a spot where you're going to be dealing with five, six, and seven teams here in the NFC buying for two spots in that wild card round. It is a fascinating final few weeks we will have. Seven teams right now in the NFC wild card picture within a single game of each other. When you look at the AFC side, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 360 to make the postseason entering last night. Now, plus 690 Ooh. on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Dang, that's some bad market movement. And they went from 12 to 1 to win the AFC North now to 19 to 1. Still the longest odds. The Baltimore Ravens, the favorites at minus 150, but their odds getting a little bit worse by the day as well. So Kevin Walsh and I are going to do something that we love to do here on Football Fridays on the morning after. Establish the run. Run the triple option. It's Army-Navy week. How can we not? More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on this football Friday rolls on right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid network. You know the credo. You know what we believe on football Fridays. We're old school when it comes to that. We establish the run. In fact, I think we're going to establish the run in a new way here. 
because it's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh live with you in our Midtown Manhattan studios when the morning after becomes the early after for the first time ever on this football Friday. Kevin just stood up in our studio, grabbed one of the props off to the side. High and tight, brother. Ball security, job security, Army-Navy week. The Army-Navy game for the 122nd time is tomorrow. So what are we going to do right now? Run the triple option in the NFL. Our favorite side, total and prop. For the NFL Sunday slate mm. this upcoming Sunday, NFL week number 14. Kevin, mm. let us begin with right. your favorite wait, side wait. Here, here of the triple option. Hand off, right? Watch this. Yeah, I learned this from I learned this from my producer B Rats. Ready? <laughs> hey. Back. Here we go. Yep. All right, yeah, that's the thing. You can't really pass though, because Army Navy, they don't pass the right. triple option. All right, here's the deal. Side total prop. Side. I think the wrong team is favored in the game between the Browns and the Ravens. I like the Baltimore Ravens. I like them plus two and a half. Now, they listen, bad advice is to say leave the points on the floor. Leave the points on the floor. Oh. They're, they're going to win this game. The Baltimore Ravens have been a dog twice. 2-0 and against the number. 2-0 and straight up. Yeah. They win this game here against the Cleveland Browns. There are people out there who will say they should have lost to Cleveland. Lamar threw four picks. Stop and think about what you just said. They lost and Lamar threw four picks. So if Lamar throws, what, two picks, they're going to win by two touchdowns? Probably. We like the Baltimore Ravens for a total. You'll find on the pick six on the early line, we do an alt line as one of our six categories. Mm. And every single week so far, I've done an alt over. A game that I think base, you, you can get more, of course, than the, the listed number. But if I like an alt over, I have to like the initial line. And my alt over is 56 and a half oh. in box bills. But for this one, of course, we go with the straight number of 53 and a half. Now, listen, the highest total on the board is always a game you will hear people say, Psh, I expect points in this game. So does the book. It's not that easy. But look at these numbers for these two teams here. The Tampa Bay Bucks have played five games at home. They have scored 30 or more in all five games and averaged 38.4 points per game at home. The Buffalo Bills on the road have scored 30 or more five of those six times and are averaging over 31 points per game on the road. I think both of these teams can get to 30. Yep. I'd be stunned if both didn't get to 28. And all of that gets you over this mark of 53 and a half. Lastly, a prop. Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns. Ooh. Now, the number not listed just yet, and that's why I like this. Another thing you can catch on the early line, a little plug of Ruski here, Please, yeah. right? is a target player prop. We talk about these in the middle of the week, numbers that we can't wait to see. So you might say, okay, so Patrick Mahomes passing touchdown, you like over, right? I don't know. I don't know what I like. It depends on the number. It's all about the value. The last six games for Patrick Mahomes features a five-touchdown performance against the Vegas Raiders, which is who they're playing. Mm. The other five games, he has thrown for a combined two touchdowns. I don't know what that means. I don't know what's going on with Patty Mahomes. This is about value. If the over two and a half is around a plus 130, plus 140, which is reasonable, mm. let's play over. Let's let Mahomes get after it. If the under two and a half is a similar plus 130 price, 
Then you play under and take your chances that maybe they hand the ball off to Darrell Williams or this offense doesn't figure itself out. It is a target player prop in its truest form. I love that very much. And I love what you and Donnie Wright side do on the early line. It's interesting to note about the Kansas City Chiefs right now. On this five-game winning streak, a current nine-and-a-half-point favorite against those Vegas Raiders in Kansas City, Missouri on Sunday. The last time that Kansas City scored 25 or more points in this five-game winning streak were the 41 they put up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Other than that, it's been the defense that has really hold, held it down for KC. I want to touch on your over there, 53 and a half, because that correlates to my favorite prop of the weekend as well. Also not listed as of just yet, but the passing attempt prop for Tom Brady has been one of the most profitable you can find in the prop market all year long. Tom Brady, at the tender age of 44 years old, is averaging 42.3 passing attempts per game the Bucks have the highest passing play clip in all of the NFL 42.3 passing attempts per game he had 51 passing attempts last week in Atlanta Georgia against the Falcons as you are seeing here and the great thing about a passing attempt prop is they don't have to be completed they don't have to go for a touchdown Tom just has to throw the ball out of his right hand and there is a passing attempt so when the guy is averaging more than 42 passing attempts per game in a game that Kevin Walsh loves as his favorite over of the weekend mm -hmm. the largest over on the board at 53 and a half I think you can expect to see the Bucks airing it out it's going to be lofty don't get me wrong often passing attempts are around 33 and a hook 34 and a hook Tom's is probably going to be 37 and a half maybe even 38 and a half I still don't mind it even there. The least amount of passing attempts Tom has had in a single game this year, 34. He did that twice. Mm. 34 is the bare minimum for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of throwing the football in a single NFL game. So that is my favorite prop. My favorite total, also in over. The Cincinnati Bengals and the San Francisco oh, 49ers. Yes. When you look at this game right now, a total of 48.5 between the Bengals and the Niners. Since he has gone over, in two straight games, five of their last six. Mm. San Francisco is tied for the second highest over percentage in the NFL entering week number 14. Seven of their 12 games over, also over in two straight. I love the play right there. Kevin, hand it off to me. I'm going to hand it back to what? you so we can get your reaction. That was a pass on. It was kind of like a pitch. It so works. All right. You were making noises as I was talking about that over for the Niners and the Bengals. Why do you like that play, or do you disagree with me? No, I love that play. Oh, it's a great play. In fact, it was going to be my second option if for some reason I wasn't allowed to use Bucks Bills or got scared of Bucks Bills for an alt over. Because, you know, I said I think that both the Bucks and the Bills will get to 30. Yeah. I think the same could be true of the Niners and the Bengals. And here's what I really like about that about that game and that total. For me to be right on Bucks Bills, I am going to need, I think, both teams to show up. It's very, very likely 53 and a half. Yeah. I think you can get carried by one of those two teams in that game between Cincinnati and San Francisco, I, I, I really believe at least one of them will yeah. get to 30, which means if that's true, then the other one has to get, what, three touchdowns, put up your 21, and you're good to go? Absolutely love it. The total has already come up by a point in opener at 47 and a hook, now 48 and a half, and of course, we have seen a line flip in this game. The San Francisco 49ers opened as a one and a half point underdog on the road in Cincy. Now, the San Francisco 49ers are a one and a half point favorite against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Niners have been favored in 10 of their 12 games. Cincy as a dog this year, 3-2 and two against the spread, but won outright in their last two games when booked as an underdog. Finally here, Kevin, to round out the triple option, my favorite side of the weekend, mm -hmm. Washington football team. Yes, 
that team, that football team, WFT, not WTF, Ben. What are you doing? No, the Washington football team who has won four straight games outright when booked as an underdog. A four-game winning streak, all four of those coming, booked as an underdog outright. I do not think they beat the Dallas Cowboys at home this upcoming Sunday, but I do believe having four points past that key number of three and what is going to be a tight divisional duel, you can get the points in the value there with Washington. Washington plus four as my favorite side, Kev. Listen, I teaser, we can oh. talk. I, listen, here's the thing. Yeah. I don't like Washington. That's just the deal. Donnie every week picks Washington. Donnie feels like now every single week he's right. I don't love that either. Overall, Cowboys off the mini by 5-1 and one against the number so far on the road this season. We know they're a good team against the number as well, but Washington's piping hot. So I understand all that comes with that. I think Dak is a big game. It's very it, look, and also back door should be open though on the four. Thank I you. get it. Cowboys minus four wouldn't be my favorite side, no. but Washington plus four wouldn't either. If Washington was down under three, I would not have Washington as my favorite yeah. side. But I think the four points is good to at least cover Kevin one more time. Here we go. We're about Ready? to talk Army Navy. Huh? Hey, 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 listen. Ball security, job security. That's what we do here on the morning after on this football Friday. Mark Zinno joins us next. Army-Navy game, the 122nd edition. That's next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday on the morning after, right here on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Alongside Kevin Walsh, live in studio, I am Ben Stevens. Not just a football Friday to look at the NFL, but also college football. You might be thinking, Ben, conference championship weekend was last weekend. What are we even talking about? I'll tell you what we're talking about. The 122nd edition of the Army-Navy game near us here in the New Jersey area at MetLife Stadium, Navy and Army meeting on the football gridiron for the 122nd time. So who do we need here for his expertise? We are bringing on Mark Zeno and very pleased to do that because you know Mark as the mouth in the South, a great college football handicapper from all across the grid, but also Mark, a lieutenant colonel in the Army National Guard. Over two decades of service with our armed forces. So first, Mark, we thank you immensely for that. And we thank you for being here on this Football Friday to provide some expertise for one of the best traditions in all of sports, the Army-Navy game. Well, Ben, I give you a salute and thank you so much for having me. And all we'll say is beat Navy. Let's go. I mean, this is my favorite oh. game of the year. It's the only college football game that truly matters to me that I don't have to wager on to want to watch and enjoy. So from that standpoint, I'm locked and loaded for the 122nd installment of Army-Navy. Mark, Kevin Walsh still has the football with him in studio right now. We're feeling good. So let's break down this game as it stands. A lot of these odds have fluctuated throughout the week, but for the most part, Army around a touchdown favorite, laying seven and a half against Navy. The over-under total for two triple option teams is always going to be minimal. It's been 34 and a hook earlier in the week. I've seen it drop to 33 and a half. But Mark, as you look at this game, from just an overall perspective, first and foremost, what does this game mean for both sides as they get ready to take the field tomorrow? 
Well, for Army, the Commander-in-Chief trophy is on the line because they already defeated Air Force earlier in the year. Navy lost to Air Force, so Army can take home the Commander-in-Chief trophy, which is always something nice to have in your trophy case. But Army, who is already going to a bowl, uh, looking to try to get to another nine-win season for Jeff Munkin, uh, who's reinvigorated that program. You guys got to remember, Army lost 14 years in a row to Navy. So this is always personal. It's always a grudge match. You always want to sing second. For those who don't know what that means, they each school will sing their fight song, and you sing it second if you are the victor. And so this is always personal. It's a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, you know, these guys will shake hands on the end of the football field knowing that they're on to something bigger, better, probably more important uh, than football later on in their careers. That's leading young men and women, uh, hopefully not into battle, but certainly leading young men and women in the profession of arms. So it's just a, it's a, it's a great event and it's always a lot on the line. It, it adds that gravitas. I appreciate that kind of that it, it's its own standalone event. But for those uh, that are looking to get involved, the total is the story, which you don't often get in a in a football game. Like, oh, what are you doing with the side? Who's going to win this game? I like people care. I, I'm not going to say people don't care, but if you if you don't have a tie to this game, you will be sucked in when you hear that this game has gone under. I believe 15 years in a row that it has a historically low total for a game. The, the question is, Mark, when is when is too low? I mean, what what are we yeah. doing here? 34 and a half. I mean, look, this is clearly not statistically based, right? Both these teams together combined score 55 <laughs> points a game. Both these teams together give up 52 oh. points a game. So odds makers have literally dared you to take the under because they've had enough of this going under. Look, they've only scored more than 40 combined points five times in the last 15 years in this series. So points are always at a premium. And here's why this game always remains low. Well, Army can put up 56 points against Wake Forest because they don't know how to defend the triple option in that rush offense. Navy does. They practice against it every single day. Army does. They practice against it every single day. So they're very familiar with it. And guys, in reality, the 12th defender on each team as it pertains to the total is the clock because it'll constantly be running. Now, the weather at MetLife Stadium on Saturday expected to be unseasonably balmy around 65 degrees, but rain expected in the forecast. Now, normally, if you see rain, you'd worry about the throwing game, but that's not an issue here, fellas. Why? Because they're not going to throw the ball, period. However, Army quarterback Christian Anderson has thrown more uh, in years past. He does have over 1,000 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns, as will Ty Lavatai, the quarterback of Navy. They may try to air it out. Look, at some point in this game, guys, each of these teams will take a shot through the air to try and change things up. Whether they convert it or not is anybody's guess, but if they do, it's usually a huge momentum swing. I mean, you see that over-under total at 34 and a hook because you also look at how the triple option is a factor in both of these offenses. Army, the top rushing percentage play in all of college football, 87.5% of the plays for the Knights are coming on the ground. For Navy, the third highest rushing play percentage clip in all of college football, 843 percent of the plays for the midshipmen coming on the ground so mark that's why we get to that over under total like you mentioned at 34 and a hook and both know how to defend what they run exclusively for the most part we saw bill belichick play a beautiful uh, ode to the army navy game on monday night only throwing the ball three times with mac jones we might see that at metlife stadium come tomorrow but let's look at this from a side perspective, hovering around that touchdown spread right now in Army's favor. You mentioned the dominance that Navy had for most of the past two decades, but Army now has won four of the last five 
Army-Navy games. Can they continue that winning percentage, Mark? And can they cover that touchdown number? All right, the answer is yes and yes in the short term. Uh, Army's just flat out better uh, at this point in time. They've got better athletes. Uh, they better execute their offense. And, and in the Power 5 games that they've played, they've been able to score against elite defense. Now, you give a tip of the cap to the Navy. Five of the, their eight losses this year have been by a single score, including games against Tulsa and Cincinnati. So they know how to be competitive in spots like this. I don't know that they have the offense to keep up with Army. The hook does scare you a little bit. Three years ago, Army won 17-10, and a missed field goal was the difference in a 7.5-point spread between Army covering and Army not covering. I would caution Army betters. I don't do this often, and I am one of them this weekend. I'm going to buy the half point, pay the extra juice, and take it to seven because these games typically are traditional scoring games, as you've seen, 17 to 10, 21, 17. It's those type of scores. You're not going to see some outlandish scoring where there's a ton of crazy plays and things that happen. So that hook probably has a little bit more emphasis in this game. But I trust Army to be able to score. And guys, look, if it wasn't raining, I would play the over. Like it just the, the weather is enough to scare me that they won't be able to do it uh, because of the conditions that are in front of them. And although turnovers aren't predictive, you could totally see a fumble inside the red zone when one of these teams is going in that would kill the prospects mm -hmm. of an over. But I trust Army's offense at this point to be able to beat Navy's defense, uh, who's giving up 30 points a game this year. Even though it's a rivalry game, we have seen some blowouts uh, in this series, particularly Navy a couple of years ago, won 31 to 7. It is possible. Mm. I like the Black Knights here to cover. I'd lay the seven and a half, but I'm going to buy the half point just to cover myself. I look at this game and I think to myself, if college football teasers, they say never do them. Probably good advice, right? Army, Navy, it's all about discipline. Nah, I don't have that when it comes to this game, right? So if I'm going to tease, right, the same game here, right, and I'm going to tease the side, I would assume you'd go up. I think even you would suggest that, Mark. But if I were to tease the total, right, I mean, do we do we come down to 28 and a half mm. or do we go over 40 and a half? Because again, I can't help but look at this and think to myself, how do they not get there? I, I know the answer is they, they don't get there, but perhaps somebody wanted to tease the game, Mark. Over 28 and a half or under 40 and a half? Well, first, let me say that I cannot tease Navy up. But just emotionally, I won't do it. So I'll tease Army <laughs> down. Okay, so that's just Fair. number one. But look, as I mentioned earlier, they have only scored more than 40 points in a game five times in this last 15 years in the run where they've all come under. Oh. So I think the smart play is to yeah. tease this up to 40 and a half and take the under. Uh, as far as the side, okay. I think it makes sense. You'll probably middle this either way, guys, right? Army wins by a field goal. Army wins by six, mm -hmm. maybe even eight. But still, the idea that they could blow them out would be rather surprising just given how close this game usually is. Uh, it's usually a one-score contest in that nature. So from that standpoint, the side, I don't think it matters which way you tease it, but I definitely tease the under up to 40 and a half and ride with that. I think it is interesting when you look at this over-under at 34 and a hook. I think maybe one of the safest plays for an under, if that's where you're leaning, might be a Navy team total under because Army can score, and we have seen that this year, Navy, a bottom 20 scoring offense in all of CFB just averaging a little bit more than 20 points per game. But as Mark alluded to, Navy this year just 3-8 and eight straight up, but 7-4 against the number. Army is 8-3. and three. They are going to a bowl game. They are 6-5 and five against the spread. So Mark Zinno, lay it out for us. What does your Saturday around Army-Navy look like? What is the plan for Zinno and company getting ready for this game tomorrow? 
Well, it involves me getting all the kids in the family together to practice them singing the Army song so that when a game is over, that we practice and we sing alongside, we sing second. My kids do know the Army song. Hi, hi, hey. The Army's on its way. It's their favorite part. So we get them ready early on, and we watch them, and they go, Daddy, is that you up there? No, that's not me. I'm sitting in your living room, son. It's going to be okay. Uh, but, no, it's, it's a great family event for us. Even my wife is in the military. We're a military family. So uh, all of us together, we, we sit back and enjoy the pride and pageantry of Army-Navy. Mark, I absolutely love it. I thought when you said you got all the kids together to get practice in the morning, I thought you were running the triple option out in the yard or something. I thought you were lining people up in the wing tee. All right, here's how we go. We go here, play action, pitch. That's what I thought you were going to say, Mark. No, listen, I might start doing that. Right now, I just have them running post patterns and square ins and everything else. I have to have them keep up with the offensive times. Fair enough. Good call. Mark Zeno, we absolutely love it. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your service once again. And on behalf of you, Go Army, beat Navy tomorrow. Army, a seven and a half point favorite. The over under total, 34 and a hook. Mark Zeno, all across the grid each and every week. Mark, thank you so much. Have a great day tomorrow. Go Army, beat Navy. Love it. End it with it one more time. More of the morning after on this Football Friday coming up next. But we talk a little hoops on the other side of the break. Stay with us on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday on the morning after. But as we get you set for your weekend, we put football to the side just briefly here to talk some basketball. You are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh, who will be back momentarily here to join me. And if you miss anything on this wonderful football Friday or anything throughout the week on this program or the rest of the great programming that we have across the Sports Grid Network, Make sure you are following us on social media at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter and at SportsGrid TV on Instagram as well. We keep you locked and loaded with everything you need to need know from these shows because at all times when you bleed the winning edge, you need that content. You can do it on social media again at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter at SportsGrid TV on Instagram where you can see fun things like Benny and the Bets. That's coming up later in the show today on this Friday. So as we get ready for the weekend, let's talk some hoops because everything is full circle, even on a football Friday right here on the grid. Last night in Memphis, in the grind city, the Grizz keep grinding, even without Ja Morant, beating the Lakers last night at home, winning outright as four-point underdogs by a final score of 108-95 over Los Angeles. So the Lakers... A four-point favorite entering that game against the Grizzlies. The Lakers have the worst ATS record in all of the NBA. Just 9-17 and 17 against the number so far this season. Kevin Walsh, when I say those things, how does that make you feel? Well, the ATS record is nothing new. We've, we've known this for a while. The Lakers lose. They lose by double digits. It's the story. Let me just quickly, though, give Memphis a bit of credit here. Because I, I think a lot of people in the conversation, what a terrible loss. Memphis, no John Morant. How could you lose to this team? They are. Five and one straight up 
since they lost John Moran. Uh, what they're doing right now is nothing short of incredible. Jaron Jackson Jr. continuing to step up 25 points in this game. Desmond Bain continuing to be one of the great steals of that past draft. 23 for him, 5 of 11 from downtown. Give Memphis their credit. But of course, the Lakers are the story, right? Because not only did the Lakers lose the game, lose it by 13, but it was coming off of the game against the Celtics that was their best win of the season, I think. That a lot of people, myself included, said, you know what? They are good. Enough of this. They are going to be fine. So that for them to turn around and give forward this performance was a disheartening performance. There are a couple of things that need to be addressed. For those that are taking shots at LeBron, what are you doing? I mean, I mean, I mean what are you doing? Triple-double plus two in 37 minutes. What do you want him to do? 48 minutes. There's so many things to take shots at. Leave the LeBron stuff out of it. But overall, the general crux of this, is the roster good? Is the team good? Does Vogel need to be fired? Mm. This is all starting to look like it is going to point to one man. In Brooklyn, I recently feel like I've kind of figured out how I view that team. Kyrie, to me, it is what it is. It is about whether or not James Harden can get back to being a top five player in the NBA. If yes, title favorites and will likely win the entire thing. If not, I don't know if they're even coming out of the Eastern Conference. Mm. Very comparable situation for Anthony Davis. 9 of 18, 8 rebounds, 22 points. Is that a night that is hard? No. But that is not a top five player in the NBA who basically was taken to task by Jaron Jackson Jr. throughout this game. And it has been Anthony Davis who has underwhelmed for the Los Angeles Lakers throughout this season. His shot is completely broken. He is under 20% from beyond the arc. His first season with the purple and gold, he averaged 26 points per game. Last year, under 22 this year and again LeBron's missed half the games he's only at 24 I do not know if Anthony Davis is broken there are some who are either rooting for that or think that or maybe somewhere in between but I will tell you this hand up you've got me I tap out if Anthony Davis is no longer even a top 15 player in the league which by the way, so far this season, he is nowhere near a top 15 player in the league, then you've got me. The Lakers can't win a championship if AD is that broken. I still hesitate, though, to fully believe that is the case, though, true so far. Worst ATS record, like we mentioned, at 9-17 against the number of the Memphis Grizzlies. However, the fifth best ATS record in all of the association, 16-10 against the spread. They have covered in six of the last seven games. And like Kevin mentioned, doing this, a lot of it without John Moran. So that was last night. Now let's focus on tonight and what lays ahead this weekend in the NBA. Tonight in Atlanta, Georgia, the Brooklyn Nets go on the road to take on the Hawks. The Nets have not lost back-to-back games this year. And right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the line is slightly working against Brooklyn. A two-point underdog plus 108 on the money line. I emphasize that, Kevin Walsh, because like we said and like you told me, the Brooklyn Nets have not lost back-to-back games this year. So you're getting plus money on the Nets. It seems like a pretty intriguing price. It certainly does, but I think a lot of people are going to line up and think that way. And as I often talk about, when it comes to lines that make you, huh, huh, pause, Mm. there are a lot of people, and maybe they're smart for doing so, I'll never accept it. There are a lot of people, that line makes no sense, and then they take what they're labeling a bad line. The bookmakers don't hang bad lines. They 
go, huh, let's find something that makes no sense and then end up being correct. It's for a reason. Well, what's the reason? The Brooklyn Nets have really struggled to beat any good teams. Yep. And the Atlanta Hawks recently look like they have turned that corner and fit the description of a good team. It's such a short line, just looking straight up. The Hawks have won seven of their last 10 games. Trey Young, unlike James Harden, seems fine with the rule changes or the new ball or whatever you want to end up pointing to as the issue here for Harden's decline. So I look at this and I think about that net trend and the fact that they haven't lost back-to-back -back Ben. But also, what was the last loss? It was Houston. Yeah. I mean, that's not a that's not a typical loss. And the game before that against Dallas, it took a double-digit comeback in the fourth quarter to avoid a loss there. And then they lost their game before that. They're just not playing good ball mm. right now. So usually I would come on here and say what? James Harden double-double and a Nets win. Yeah. I don't know if I can say that right now. Tonight, are you going to be on the Nets pregame? Yes. Okay, yes, yes, got yes, it. Yes, Finally yes, got yes. one correct. You can hear Kevin Walsh's analysis of this game if you live in the greater New York City area on Yes Network, sponsored by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Kevin, show him the ball. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Kevin's been all about his props. Oh, we got football up there. Oh, oh, the Brooklyn Nets hoping oh, to do that tonight. Score a touchdown, and many of them to get a win mm. against the Atlanta Hawks. As Kevin mentioned, the Nets have struggled this year against the number. 9-15-1 ATS, the second worst against the spread record in the NBA. And they have only been a dog two previous times this year. They have not covered or won either of those games outright. Of course, maybe that changes tonight. Plus money on them right now. We'll see where this line goes before tip tonight and then before tip tonight again. Kevin Walsh on the S Network. That's pregame show for Brooklyn and Atlanta this evening. Also, we mentioned that the Brooklyn Nets are in this position because they lost just a couple of nights ago on Wednesday. The team they lost to, the Houston Rockets. Now, you might be thinking, that's a terrible loss. Abysmal. Not good. KD didn't play. But outside of that, the Rockets have won seven straight games. They take that seven-game winning streak into a contest tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Bucks right now an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against these very Houston Rockets. The over-under total all the way up to 226. That has now become the second-highest total on the board. Only the Hornets and the Kings at 232, Kevin, tonight. A higher total than that. Can Houston keep the good times rolling and maybe at least cover an eight-point spread against Milwaukee? They certainly can cover this number. It would be very stunning to me if they were to win this game. It's a uh, Milwaukee team coming off of a loss, a bad loss at that, to the Miami Heat on the road, sure, but Miami depleted entering that game. I think the total is more interesting that you bring up. Now, this is the benefit of me uh, doing my little Nets pregame shows oh, and being able to kind of follow all the deals there. The Rockets on their win streak, right, had gone over in all but one of those games. That was halted, though, against the Brooklyn Nets. That is because the Nets were on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back, didn't carry their weight. Think about it. Total 223 goes under despite Houston scoring 114 yeah. as a legitimate underdog. That's because the Nets, every time they're on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, have not featured a game with 220 points. So, I think Houston can get after it because that's what we've seen during the win streak. Well, can Milwaukee bring their party here? Offensively, of course, right? Five of six had gone over before an under against Miami. Total, 217 and a half. 
there were 217 points and again a legitimate upset there so if you if you kind of look at it there Houston should be able to score Milwaukee's been playing towards the over mm. I think is a good spot tonight I think both team I think Houston team total can make some sense here but I would never leave Milwaukee on the floor off of a bad game they might go out there and give you a buck 20 I really like the over in this matchup in this seven game winning streak for the Houston Rockets they have covered in six of the seven they have been booked as an underdog in five of those seven games overall this year as an underdog Houston 10 9 and 1 against the number because before this seven game winning streak Houston had lost 15 in a row so a really two tales of a two different stories for the Houston Rockets so far this year Milwaukee by the way has been favored in 20 of their 26 games 10 and 10 against the number meanwhile the Boston Celtics continue their five game road trip out on the west coast tonight in Phoenix in the Valley of the Sun taking on the Phoenix Suns. This will be the final game of this five-game road trip for Boston before they head back to TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. And tonight, the Suns right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook hovering around that five-and-a-half, now down to four-and-a-half-point favorite against these Boston Celtics. The over-under total for this game, 2-15-and-a-hook. Kevin, of course, last Friday night, the Suns had their 18-game winning streak snapped against the Golden State Warriors. They bounced back with a win against the San Antonio Spurs earlier this week. Actually, on Monday, they've had a couple of days of rest here. They won against San Antonio, but they did not cover. Can the Suns build a new streak here tonight against the Celtics? Look, I, I think, again, it's a good spot for Phoenix to win, but we've seen this move with them like so often this year. This will be a two-point game with three minutes left, right? And and then, look, maybe they'll pull away, but that that's just kind of how they always play. But it is another spot where I think we can see points, and a lot of that has to do with Boston. They should be on a four-game streak to the over. Typically, you like to use the closing number, but if you're with us on the early line, I like to consider that you are on a four-game win streak for Celtics overs mm. with that Laker game getting to 219 again closing up at 220 but there were earlier numbers that you could have cashed in tickets Boston's been playing overs okay in some games they're having outrageous offensive performance a buck 45 on Portland you wonder why Chauncey Billups is mad at everybody but other games they're not playing well on the defensive side of the basketball they let the Lakers score 117 and convince everybody maybe just me that they were absolutely fine so this is another good spot here where I am expecting points maybe Maybe the Phoenix team total is the safest side of that. But we've seen Boston come out and fire. The only worry, and I think it would be a fair concern, Ben, would be the last leg of this road trip here. Tired legs for Boston, of course. In, in this five-game West Coast road trip, the Boston Celtics have now been booked as an underdog in all of those games. They covered in the first two, not the last two, in Los Angeles against the Lakers and then Clippers on consecutive nights. They end out this five-game road trip against the Phoenix Suns tonight. Again, the line has worked slightly against Phoenix. I saw it at five and a half just about an hour ago. Now four and a half live on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So far this year, the Boston Celtics four, five, and one against the spread as an underdog. We round out our number one, the opening hour of the morning after on this football Friday. That has been the early after by talking some more football. In fact, college football by hearing from you in fade the public kevin's thoughts on your thoughts that's next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
rounding out hour number one of this football Friday right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. This is the morning after, and you are watching all across the Sports Grid network. This opening hour of TMA has become the early after. I have been joined by Kevin Walsh for the entirety of this first hour. Kevin, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on the grid, leading into us on the morning after, and I am Ben Stevens. Before Kevin goes, we need his thoughts on your thoughts. Talking some college football, let's fade the public. All right, OK-dubs, I wanted to ask the public here. In a potential rematch, if Alabama and Georgia play each other in the college football playoff national championship game, a rematch of the SEC title game, who does the public think should be favored? Is it Alabama or is it Georgia? The public resoundingly so, nearly 80% in this live poll, still ongoing at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, saying Alabama should be favored in a potential rematch against Georgia. Kevin Walsh, are you fading the public? So I'm I'm not fading the public. I'm, I'm answering this in, in a little bit different way of what I think like should be the case and more so what I'm expecting. Yeah. Uh, you know this, Ben. You, you interacted with it when the matchup looked like that was what we were going to see for the national championship. If, of course, both teams held serve, what would the line be for a national championship rematch? And I suggested two and a half Alabama. That's what I thought the number would be. I believe you said three and a half on the Crimson Tide. The Georgia minus one number. Here's the thing. I, they, look, some people were like, Alabama's going to lay seven. No, they're not. Georgia was laying seven in the SEC title game. We can't flip two touchdowns. That's not how this stuff works. But I think there was enough in that game. And I think there's also going to be enough in terms of what Bam is expected to do versus what Michigan would be expected to do. That if we get that game, it's Bama, but it is still under the field goal. Kevin alluded to it right now. An early look-ahead line on the FanDuel Sportsbook is fading the public. Georgia, right. a slight one-point favorite in what could be a potential SEC championship game rematch in the national championship game. Kevin Walsh, props and all on this Football Friday. Thank you very much, as always. Enjoy your weekend. Hour number two is up next. spot a sports gaming winner they listen to us don't rely on luck get the expert information you need the winning